Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Uptime Community. We are glad that you could join us live today. Today's date is December 28th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Greg Messina, and if you're new here, we are a community of believers that are actively studying the Holy Bible and looking forward to that glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. We want to make this an interactive forum, so we do welcome your questions and your comments. I want to welcome back our usual uptime panel, and we welcome back Brother Bob Barber. Welcome back, Brother Bob. Hey, Greg, how's it going? How's it going, everyone? Well. Thank Great you. to be back. How are you doing, brother? Good to have you. Doing well, thank you. How was your week? Been a really, really good week. Uh, a lot of things are happening, a lot of things to talk about. I can't wait for to see what, which direction the show goes in, what kind of questions the uh, audience has for us. So looking forward to it. Yes, I am too. So we also welcome back Brother Robert Hagan. Welcome Greetings. back, Brother Bob. Hey, good to be Brother back Bob. with you guys. I missed you guys last week. Yeah, we're glad uh, you're back I know, with us. I know, I know Kevin didn't miss me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, that's I don't okay. believe that at all. Yeah, and I'm sorry I'm looking very green. You know, it's what happens on Mars this time of night. Not easy being green, is it? <laughs> it's being green. <laughs> uh, it could be the lighting, could be your camera. I don't know. But you know what? Yeah. We'll run. We'll roll with it. It'll be fine. And yeah. We welcome back Kevin Hookman. Welcome back, brother Kevin. Well, hello, Blair Kermit the Frog here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just not easy. Brother Kevin. It's not easy being green, is it? Uh, no, I, I, I. Are you kidding me? I'm so glad that you're back. Uh, I, I, you? enjoy, I enjoy when you're on. It gives me every opportunity to, to put a dig in here every every once in a while into you. But no, come on. Uh, we 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 have a good time together. Yeah. Uh, I agree, Bob. This was a good week, and there was a lot of stuff that was going on. And uh, this world is um, definitely devolving quickly into a. a, a Planned chaos, and of course, I mean the ultimate planner was God, right? I mean he 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 controls everything, so he's he's shaking and moving things around, and uh, we are getting closer and closer to rapture resurrection every day. Amen, Amen to that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a completely. I mean, look around, everybody. Everything began accelerating in 2020. Okay, and for a reason. And I mean, I mean, it's good. It's actually getting kind of ridiculous what they're trying to do. It, they are so sloppy in trying to push end times and trying to push the new world order and trying to push their agenda. You know, it's getting so sloppy that so sloppy that is actually causing a lot of backlash now. Cause everybody can see it now. I mean, back in 2014, 2016. They were able to do this without any hitches, and they were able to cover it. But now, after going through four years of Trump exposing them, who they are and everything, and now they have to try to make up for lost time, <laughs> it's a it's an absolute train wreck out there. But you know what the good thing about that is? It is so bad out there that it's waking everybody up, saying, making everybody aware, like, hey, do you think it's possible that the seven-year tribulation – can begin here next year. Do you think it's bad enough? <laughs> right. You know, that's the question. Cause I mean, that's, that's ultimately what like, you know, the beginning of sorrows starts and then it gets into it's like transitions into the, the, the seven year tribulation. And you've got just, you're looking at what's going on and you're seeing that 
that day is approaching. I mean, it's getting closer and closer every day. And it's an interesting thing that you mentioned regarding people waking up because what this is what I've noticed too, is that, yeah, it has gotten so bad. And just this last week, there's like this progressive writer that writes Twitter stuff and blogs and all kinds of stuff. And this person wrote a a pretty long 1200 uh, word kind of essay on the status of and the state of what's going on in uh, San Francisco. And she, she's basically like, look, I've been a progressive my whole life. And I got to tell you, something's wrong here that, that you don't see a Republican in sight in San Francisco. All you have is progressive policies. And we're like one of the, the, the worst cities in the world right now. I mean, with just how many homeless, how dirty things are, how broken the whole system is. And, and what I, what I really got and gleaned out of that was that she is lost. She has all these questions and she has zero answers for any of it. She has no answers. And so I think that what, instead of getting upset at them who, who are basically forcing th- things down the throats of people, the, the people that are, that are like putting them into the office, they're clueless. They're just lost. We should definitely have more sympathy for them because if they continue to be lost and not get the truth, then they are. It's amazing you put that video up there, Greg. That is their final destination. And so we got to step in the gap there and share the truth. And, you know, if, if they don't listen, okay, they don't listen. But they are searching for answers right now. A lot of people, and even those that you would say that are on the left and that are lost or whatever, they can be found because they actually are now doing what you said, Bob, which is they're becoming more aware that, you know what, things are not working. They're not working. Even when they think all the bad guys, the the people, you know, people, the Red Party, the Republicans, whatever you want to call them, the people on the right, the conservatives, libertarians, is when even when they're gone, it's still not good. And so they're now they're waking up going, maybe there's something wrong with us. Maybe there's something that we should be doing different, but they don't have any answers because they don't have the truth. No. So we, we got to share that with them. You know, what should we do here? Well, Absolutely. I mean, it's that's the the whole purpose for this. It's not it's not so we can, you know, get a million and a half people watching it. You know, I'd like to have a million and a half watching this. That'd be great. But San Francisco, you know, that's a that's an area I I grew up in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I remember the the days when it was a great city and and, uh, you could walk down the street with your family and not have to be concerned about Mm -hmm. being attacked and all the other things that are going on up there and, and all the, you know, the needles and all the, all the homeless people and everything. There were, there was a lot of drugs and problems that back in those days, but not to the extent that is going on now. It's like, uh, it's almost like Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, it was continual evil going on. The right. world has devolved, as you were saying earlier, Kev, into a, uh, a mass, um, confusion it's uh you know where there's confusion there's several evil work it says in the word that's the that's from the adversary that's the mm-hmm. the uh the whole the whole setup to steal kill and to destroy you know what is what does he steal he steals your peace mm-hmm. he you know if he can kill you he'll kill you but if he can't he'll destroy your life with whatever 
whatever way, whatever thing he can do, pleasure or pressure or just your or sickness or other things. And and Jesus came that we might have life and not just have life, but have life more abundantly. And it doesn't mean we sit on, we just sit around. It's that, you know, uh, I believe it's the word Zoe and that's a, uh, that's a complete, you know, every aspect of life because he is the author of life. He knows what he, he knows a little bit about it. Yeah. And of but, course the adversary is like roaring around like a lion seeking to devour. He's using deception to masquerade his light. I mean, th- that's what a lot of these people are doing, right? They're promising great things. They're saying we need equity, not equality, but equity. We need, you know, these, these words that they come up with, and they say, you know, if we could just get to that utopia, we'd all be good. So it's masquerading as light, but then the policies in order to get there are destructive to almost everybody. And I think that people are waking up to that and seeing that, you know what, that these people are actually dis- deceived and they're and they are deceiving. And that's that's a good sign when, when because that, you, it, look, at if you don't know that you're being deceived, it's tough to get out of that. Right. I mean, it's 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 really rough. But I mean, if all of a sudden a little light shimmers through and you're like, well, wait a minute, you know what? What's going on here? And you got to remember, like, 100 years ago when the when the Spanish flu was going around. They had like mass mandates and all that stuff. And basically what happened was there was this photo that came out in one of the papers that showed all of these elites not wearing a mask. And then the public basically just said, okay, well, the heck with this. We're not wearing masks either. And, mm-hmm. and yet what's interesting is today you see that all the time. And yet the masks are still going. So the deception is so great that the, that the thing that, that worked actually to bring people out of it 100 years ago actually isn't working as well today. So the deception is thicker and greater, and the people's minds have been more programmed to be accepting of this deception and of these leaders that do these things. And it's sad yeah. because in, in the end, you'd hope that, that people would, would push back and say, you know what, what you're doing is not acceptable. It is not American, it is not acceptable. And even in other countries, even though they're not in America, they could say, look, this is not acceptable for our country. And we do have there are people that are doing that. <clears throat> like the, the control at the very top, though, is so heavy. And we were talking beforehand, Bob, about um, when you didn't quite come on. But um, beforehand, I was talking to Greg and saying, you know, what's going on in New York right now is just um, I mean, they are they are really tightening the grip on control. No, it seems like California and New York are kind of head to head, you know, and New York, I have always seen kind of follows for the most part, follows California <laughs> in their uh, policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, either way, uh, no, you don't, don't think they're trailblazing at this point, because, I mean, I just saw this video of a, of a five year old being accosted at the <laughs> Applebee's. I mean, it seems like New York right now is like is actually the leader of the crazy um, and you're you're right. Usually it's California. I mean, for decades it was like the the the, the saying went, "How how goes California? So goes the nation." Right? It's like it starts mm-hmm. in California and then just goes to New York and then it gets some traction and then you know Washington ultimately gets their hands on it and just 
you know, starts implementing crazy stuff. But it seems like right now, like New York, since it was probably the the epicenter of the COVID out the the original outbreak, right? That it seems like it's paving the way towards just ultimate control. Yeah, they're getting really ridiculous over there. And I know there's some stuff coming out of there now. They are the perfect, I guess you could say they are the prototype. They're trying to make them the prototype for the rest of the country. Mm. You know. And the thing is, it's funny, is you know, in my in my area of work at dreams and visions. New York gets destroyed, man, over and over and over. California gets destroyed. L.A. gets destroyed. San Francisco gets demolished in dreams and visions. You know, there's so many of them. I could make a, I make a three-and-a-half-hour video and just set it to rock music and just make them over and over and over and over again. You know, so evidently, the way things are going for those areas right now, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I can see that coming. Now, I don't think it's going to happen during the Age of Grace. I think that will be something that will take place. You're talking about some massive judgments there. That's You're talking about waves a mile high. That is tribulation material. Okay. Do you feel like that we have a – do, do we – so to that topic, Bob, do you feel like that we have a pattern there with, like, Lot, Sodom, and Gomorrah, which is, you know, as long as there's some faithful in there, that God's not going to destroy the city. Right. And during this age of grace, who does God consider the faithful? The body of Christ. Yeah. Of okay. Though after the after the age of grace is over, you're going to have a, a period of time where there are no faithful on the earth until the uh, the everlasting gospel is implemented by the by the Revelation 14 angel. So during that time window, you got a bunch of faithless people walking the walking the, walking the earth, especially here in this country. Oh, man. During that time window where is where I think he will blow those four the first four trumpets and wipe out everybody here in this you know, everybody here in this continent. Yeah, you Maybe talk some about people will survive, you know. But the the righteous what you're talking about not one will be left if one righteous person's here. Well our apostle Paul talks about the laws are are not made for a righteous man. Who's mm-hmm. us? Anybody in the body of Christ. So that's the righteous man. Mm-hmm. So if, if the rapture takes place, no more righteous people. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Sodom and Gomorrah all over again. Yeah. Well, California, you know, just because, you know, being being a um, a person who was born and raised in California, it makes me sad to think about how far it's gone down. I know that I know there are a lot of um, wonderful believers that still live out there. I know many of them. My parents and were and and uh, you know great people that that <clears throat> introduced me to the truth of the word that live in Southern California and and in Northern California and uh, I've got family out there. Well, did you grow up in Northern California? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. So yeah, and you lived there for what like a long time? 50, 40, 50 years? One hundred and sixty years? How long? <laughs> no, it was. In my twenties, there, young man. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I, so I I lived in Southern California for like forty five years. Um, I mean, it's 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 amazing. Like it's a di- way different place now than what it was even when I was young. You know, younger in the seventies um, and eighties. I mean, there was still some glimmer of hope there, and but you could see it was you know you could see that it was changing and getting more and more and more liberal. Um, every single election. And it was just like, and it was, and it's not like, look, I'm not saying that Republicans are great. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is, is that 
when you have one party rule, uh, either way, you're going to have authoritarianism and, and you can, you're going to be able to feel it one way or another. And it's, it's, it, it's a, it was a, it's a, it was a rough cycle seeing that happen in California. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that I'm not there. I'm very happy that I'm not in the New York area anymore. Um, that was like, and it's amazing. Cause like another guy who, who's a pretty, I'm not going to say his name, but he's like, he's got like a million followers. He, he's, he, he moved out of there as well. And he basically feels said the things that I was feeling, which is I am very, very happy. And I thank God that I've gotten out of that area and that I did. And I, that I did that at that time. And that I did not go back, uh, because I, I, life would be a lot different um, for, for me. Um, I mean, I would not be able to go to, to, to places. I mean, just simple. I just wouldn't be able to, to be let, let in. And it's, 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 it's a terrifying thought in some respects that, I mean, granted, look, I'm not afraid. Uh, we're not, we're not, we don't have a spirit of fear, but it's like a terrifying thought in terms of just like an amazing thought more than terrifying, I guess, just like a, a shock and awe kind of like, this is this is really amazing how quickly this is we, all we were just talking out. about that offline kevin how surreal kind of all of this has become yeah. <clears throat> uh you know I, i've seen some things in my lifetime also that are quite surreal supernatural you know experiences and you you have as well all yeah. of you uh and you just don't know what to make of it sometimes <clears throat> but your spirit just knows you know what's going on mm-hmm. right there's a spiritual battle going on here we know there's internet dimensional things that are going on in and out but not everyone sees this stuff i mean what are what are your thoughts on that why do you suppose bob barber why do you suppose that some of these things are unseen to to most people what's going on what why is that well because bible says that we wore with principalities, powers of darkness in high places. We don't war with the flesh. That battle is only for the church, only for the body of Christ. So we can see it. Okay. Everybody else can't unless, you know, they live in a haunted house or something like that. But, uh, yeah, that war, those people, okay. I mean, the principality powers of darkness that we war against spiritually. All right. They are our opponent. Okay, everybody else that's around us right now, they're just spectators or people getting bumped up while we're fighting. <laughs> you know, they're, 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 they're getting caught in the crossfires or they're being used as a weapon by the enemy. Okay, so, you know, for example, any um, choose any either either Democrat or the Republican Party, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and on top of all that, I was, gonna, I was thinking about something here. I was going to make a point about that, but now I just just forgot what I wanted to say while you're talking. There's something else I wanted to say about all that, but now I just slipped my mind. <laughs> well, look, um, it's yeah. tough to win a battle against an enemy that you don't know that exists, or you refuse to believe that exists. You're not going to be able to, to be able to defeat anything. Um, if you don't know what you're fighting, but we know what we're fighting against here. And so um, I think maybe Greg is like, just people don't realize that they're in the middle of a spiritual battle. And so they don't are they aren't equipped. They don't have the full armor of God on. So they're susceptible to anything that comes their way. And they're not able to deflect it. They're not able to have a word against it. They're not able to 
to fight against it, basically. And so they're they're kind of just out there flailing. And um, and so it's 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 as we all know, it's easier to go with the flow and go with the the crowd and not get like doxter you know uh you know this and that um to have people go against you because you're not in their corner or in the mainstream or whatever they may call it but um but look jesus i mean he said that the the the, there's going to be a narrow path there's a wide path and i gotta tell you um the wide path leads to destruction and you don't want to be on that path and so when i see people that are just falling for this stuff uh, they are on the wide path and you just got to try to like, at least try to pull them over into the narrow path. And that's all we really can do. But I think Greg, a lot of it just has to do, they just don't know what they're fighting against. They don't know what the enemy is. They don't realize well, said, spiritual battle. Said verse, the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God because he can't understand them, but they're foolishness unto him they're, because they're spiritual matters. Mm-hmm. And in in order to understand the spiritual battle, you have to have the spirit of God, Christ in you. And it, it, it looks really, you know, from everybody's perspective right now, it looks really, uh, yeah, right there, that verse you just brought up. Because mm-hmm. they're spiritually discerned, you know, you can't... Uh, you can't look at what's going on around us right now. And no matter what part of the country you're in, New York, California, Minnesota, you know, we've got a real bargain for a governor up here in Minnesota too. I mean, so, you know, you, no matter where you go, this stuff is, is going on. Um, there are a lot of really great believers in the New York area too. You know, um, there's just, there's a lot of people that, they're still standing for the truth in, in uh, Indiana and, and, and Texas and New York and in Minnesota and all over the place that are uh, getting, you know, waking, like you were saying earlier, Kevin, that people are waking up. Yeah. You know, I don't think everybody's just in lockstep to the, these quote unquote mandates and all these, all this stupidity of what, you know, trying to scare everybody to death and, you know, we've we we've experienced getting sick from this stuff, but we're not yep. we're not falling apart because of it. You know, we're no. we're still trying to walk and walk the truth. You know, yeah. And you know what? In our big story this last week was like um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but like the people fleeing from blue states they call them to to and, and going to red states. I don't know if you guys saw some of those reports, but yeah. this last week there's that like the 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 states that lost the most population were California, New York, and Illinois, and then Maryland. Uh, and and the ones that gained the most were Florida, Idaho, Montana. I mean, so you, you can see that, that people are, and, and who knows if the if people who are leaving are left-leaning or right-leaning, that, that wasn't shown, but people are leaving those areas. So you are getting people that are basically saying, look, enough is enough. I'm not going to, I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, I even saw another article that said a guy who was like, went to San Francisco, he did some startups there. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to tell all my people, I'm going to tell everybody right now that I have, I am moving. I am going to Miami 
And he said that uh, the politics aren't as good there. And it's like, and then the first person that replied to him said, after all the things that you said of why you're leaving and said that the other place is so much better, you cannot say that the politics are worse where you're going than what they are for where you are. That That's what you have to realize, that you cannot keep those same ideas and think that they're going to work somewhere else. The reason why it works somewhere else uh, why it's working somewhere else is because they don't have that same ideal idealistic view that, that you and the other people that are in control there do that you, you've got to take a look at the other uh, other side of things and say, maybe this is a, a better way to live. You're moving there for a reason. I mean, so yeah, people are waking up, they are leaving those places and they're going to, to areas which, uh, you know, are just flat out more free at this point, right? I mean, you kind of have more like mandate states and free states. It's, Isn't that, is it sounds like a setup, doesn't it? Well, it sure. It sounds like a setup for a civil war. You got to know well, well, Are we going to have like these blue states all over the place? And before it's just north and south, now it's going to be blue versus red. Yeah, but you know what, though? When you, when you think about that, uh, Bob, geographically, where are those blues and where are those reds? The blues are predominantly in the north and on the west coast, mm-hmm. and the reds are predominantly in the middle and then on the in the south. Let's, I mean, so you're, you, you, it, it does sound like a setup. And yeah. 61 seems yeah. like a, yeah, they're hurting, hurting people. And it's becoming right? more geographical yeah. with people leaving certain states and going to other states, right? So, you know, it, you're, you're right, Bob. It is a setup. And I think that, um, I think that the red horse, of the apocalypse, which is, you know, basically taking peace from the earth. That sounds like the whole world engulfed in, in not only wars against nations against nations, but within countries themselves with wars of people against people within the countries uh, and possibly just massive, not just global war, but civil war, global civil war breaking out as well. You know, um, I was watching a video today's uh, Common Sense show, and uh, Dave Hodges, I don't know if you guys heard of him, but I like watching, he gets out good reports, and one video he put out is uh, he reported on uh, the polls or a study there showing that all the American people in general across the nation are becoming very agitated, and the murder, ra- murder rates in this country are the highest they've ever been. People will fly off the handle for anything now. He said, be careful when you're on the road. Someone cuts you off. Don't give them the bird. Don't try to run them off the road. Someone cuts you off. I mean, basically, like, little things now are setting people off and making people go and kill people. But the thing is, isn't that what they want? Because they're creating a powder keg here right now. You're saying how they're, how they're separating the states and stuff like that. And creating they're just creating this powder keg. And what you're saying right there, Kevin, when the red horse rider comes, he just has that that match. And yeah. just lights it. All he has to do is light it. You know, the, the place is going to explode. Because after the rapture resurrection, think about the chaos. Everybody's missing their children, missing loved ones. Hospitals empty out for the most part. I mean, all... The craziest things are going to happen. Nothing's going to work. People are going to be looking for It's going to be chaos in every direction at the same time. And you know what's funny? Now, this morning in prayer and worship, you know, the Lord showed me that when the rapture comes, it's going to be a bad day. Mm. It's going to be a really bad day. But you know what? He goes, you know what, Bob? When Adam and Eve sinned, that was a bad day. Mm. 
When the floods came, that was a bad day. <laughs> when the Tower of Babel came, that was a bad day for them. But be as may, that was a bad day. Mm. When Jesus died on the cross to a lot of people, that was a bad day. Well, it turned out to be a good thing. Well, that was a bad. It was a bad day for for Satan for sure, right. uh, and, and and his minions. But but even but even remember even the disciples they they were set. They went and hid. They I mean it, it was they did not uh, they didn't really understand, did they? They really didn't right. understand until he showed himself to them. And right. um and and well I mean a couple of the disciples went. Uh, I believe it was Peter and John. They ran to the tomb and John understood first. And he said, he's, you know, he, he rose, he's not here. Um, because I mean, Mary's like, I saw him. And then they, then they went and John's like, looked in there and he's like, you know what? Jesus, Jesus rose. And so they did start to really understand, but only after, uh, and, and only after until resurrection Sunday, basically the first day of the week. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bob, you know what? You hit the nail on the head. And we both believe, and I think all four of us believe this, that um, the second horse of the apocalypse of, of, of Revelation that spoke there is not going to ride until after rapture, until after rapture re- resurrection occurs. Right. Um, we believe that the seals are going to be broken after the rapture. Um, and that for people who to say that the, the seals have already been broken, I don't. I really don't think they 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 grasp the enormity of what those seals are going to do, and especially like the second seal, it's going to take peace from the entire earth. There is still peace on earth right now, but when you talk about taking peace from the entire earth, and you're talking about just massive wars going on, the the earth has 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 never seen that yet, and that's why the tribulation. And during the, that period of time, that's what we believe, that the, during those seals, it's going to be the worst time that mankind has ever experienced. And then right. the, the seals thereafter, you just get worse and worse. You're talking about yeah. ramp. I mean, okay, inflation is bad now. Sure, it's bad. But wait until you got to pay a full day's wage for a loaf of bread. You don't have to do that now. But it's right. getting there's it's, once again, Greg. You feel like there's a setup going on here. I mean, it is yeah. it is and, all rolling toward that, isn't it? And when you mentioned peace, you know, the peace of God is going to be gone. Correct. Right. It is the peace of God is going to be gone. Yeah. During that time. Mm-hmm. That's why it's going to be a bad day. And like all those events I just said, they're all the transition points from one dispensation <laughs> to another. That's a bad a bad day. day. And the rapture yeah. resurrection happens in the twinkling of an eye. But the ramifications that come from it, it's going to be horrible the first day. Yeah. Then it's going to get really bad the second day, and you see all the other ramifications. And this powder keg that's building right now, people are going to be at each other's throats and killing each other at a rapid speed after the rapture resurrection. Because you got people looking for food. There are people looking to put all this stuff together. You have militias forming. You have people just looking for the kids, looking for any family members. Gathering stuff, you know. I mean, it's it's absolute no holds barred. It's back in the Stone Age mm, when, yeah. when we leave. But thing is, you know, that's how it was two thousand years ago. So, so are I you think it's suitable. Like the, is you hey, saying like hey, the, uh, the rapture that the people that are left behind are going to be singing that song? I had a bad day. <laughs> had a bad day. I just every time you say that, I just that song comes into my head. How about that, how about that song, "Born Under a Bad Sign"? The cream. <laughs> 
I've been down since I began to crawl. We went for bad luck. I wouldn't have any luck at all. Hey, uh, uh, Greg, can you bring Rome, uh, Romans chapter five up on the? Sure. I wanted yeah, to. I wanted to read a little bit of this. Uh, you want the whole chapter? Uh, just Romans chapter uh, five, verses um, one through eleven. Yeah, but I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Bob. It's going to be a bad day for a lot of people, and those who are left behind are going to have a rough go of it. And no matter, even if you come. To the to Christ after that, it's 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 going to be you're going to have to give up your life. It's going to be a rough road for those who do not. They're going to spend the rest of eternity in the lake of fire. So, I mean, you may as well just give up your life, um, you know, and then and, and escape the second death. That's you that's, guys are talking about peace being gone, right? Yep. And just you know, in the in in the fifth chapter of Romans says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved mm -hmm. by his life. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Mm. See, we were yet, we were dead. Yeah. We were enemies and we were dead and we were justified by his blood. People out there wondering what this is all about. This is, this, you know, it, it says, I believe in Acts 4, what is it, Acts 4.12? There's no name named under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. You know, and he said that he was the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. And being reconciled is being brought back together. Mm -hmm. We were, we were, you know, like Kevin was saying earlier, the, the path to destruction is wide. Mm. The path of truth is narrow. But it's not so narrow that you can't get in there. Right. And, and it's, it took death to make life yep and if you, if you ever really grasp this you'll you'll really you talk about joy in god i mean you'll because it's the truth and there may be people going well there is no absolute truth well i beg to differ oh, there man. is there is truth yeah there is and Pilate said what you know what's truth basically is like Jesus is truth. I mean, he was asking the guy, you know, what's truth to, to the to the guy who is truth to yeah. God Almighty. Um, and this is a this verse ten is a great verse because it's exactly what you were saying, which is we're, we we God uh, made a a way for us to come back together to Him, right? And He did that while we were enemies, right. while we were sinners. He did that. 
and so much, and he and says, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You should be able to have comfort in that, to know that if while we were enemies that he gave his son, what more is he doing for us? And what more is he going to do for us now that we've come back to him? So that, that should give you hope. And, should, and when you say, well, and there's a question that just came up. It's like, well, I just hope my seven-year-old doesn't you know, get left behind, basically. And it's like, you're, you have a loving father. Would a loving father leave their child behind? No, of course not. This is, this is part of what he's saying here, which is we are already reconciled. We shall be saved by his life. You need to have that hope in you. You need to have the faith that that who you serve and who you worship is a loving God. And he is not going, he is not out to do harm. He is not out to destroy you or your children. And it's a free gift. It is nothing that we could ever pay for or work for or be good enough to receive. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it's, uh, unspeakable gift, it says in the word. Bob did a great video on that this week. Bob, why don't you surmise kind of what what your video was this week? Because you had you you talked a lot about free gift. Yeah, because um, funny you say that. Because actually looking at some of the comments that uh, I think you probably got rid of them before I you know I read them before you got rid of some of these guys. And uh, there's one guy here, perfect example. Uh, dude names that he says. In his comment, I started wondering why pre-tribulation people get so angry if you disagree with their theory. Pre-tribulation has become like your religion. Why do people like that get so angry? The Bible does not come out and say to you that you'll be raptured out before the wrath of God or the tribulation comes. I'm like, really? So I go to, uh, I put in the comment section, well, here's one verse for you. First Thessalonians 1.10, and to wait for his son... From heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. There's your verse. That's a great you verse, know, Bob. I, I'm tired of people getting on here making comments like that that don't read the Bible. Well, I, I mean, is he correct? Do, do we get angry or are we just like a more uh, for me? I'm more just like I, I, I don't know what if it's just I don't know if it's frustration or if it's just um, I, I think at, at this point it's just amusement and just like. You really haven't got, yeah. I mean, you really haven't gotten it by now. Here, look at this. This is a perfect verse right here. And to wait for his son from heaven. That is exactly what uh, second, uh, first Thessalonians 4 15 through 17 says. It says that he will descend with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God. Okay. So he is going to come from heaven. This is Jesus whom God raised from the dead, and he is going to deliver us from the wrath to come. So when Eddie asks you, Bob, where does it say in the Bible that you're going to be spared from wrath? 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says exactly that. You cannot get more clear than this verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the guy, um, he in uh, that video, uh, I went to a lot of once saved, always saved stuff in there. And the same guy, he says, uh, if once saved, always saved, what if a Christian starts to go back into all their sin? You know, basically, if a Christian backslides, 
Well, first of all, Ephesians 4.30 says you're sealed to the day of redemption. You're saved by your faith. God counts your faith, not your ability, not your track record in your flesh on the earth, staying away from sin. Okay? He is looking for faith because your faith is the component that connects you to the work that Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. It takes faith to believe in that, and it really takes faith to believe that that's what you need, and that's the only thing you need to go to heaven. Boy, that takes faith because even a lot of people are out there preaching works. And my answer to him was for those Christians out there that backslide back into sin after getting saved. I mean, these are people who truly believe, all right, but they just have struggles with some sins. Okay, I said, in the, in the question here, I answered, I said, every, every Christian returns to sin, but the Holy Spirit will eventually guide them out of it, some quicker than others. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 declares you are saved by faith, not your ability to resist sin, which is a work, by the way, and a really tough work to do as well, depending on which sin you're dealing with. There is a balance, though. Sin will have, and this should make people happy when I say this, sin will sit, there's a balance. Sin will have a negative effect on a believer's life now and hinder their testimony at the BMC judgment. So there's your punishment for your sin, even well, in the age of grace. You deal with sin. If I go out and shoot somebody in the head, do you think there's going to be repercussions from that? Yeah, I'll end up in prison. Well, okay, I can't do this channel no more. But Bob, not only that, Paul talks about that there that that the people will not be into the kingdom who are murderers, adulterers, fornicators. Th- th- those people are are jeopardizing their entry into the kingdom. They're not jeopardizing their salvation, obviously, but they're jeopardizing their entry into the kingdom. That is huge. That's why. Listen, if there was no if there was no repercussions, and it's just like okay, you're saved, so you're in the kingdom, everything's good. Then then who cares about sin thereafter? But Paul talks about, shall we continue in sin? God forbid. Mm-hmm. We should not continue in sin. We should continue in the word, refreshing daily, so that we continue to be refreshed. And that walk that you do, get, as you mature, makes it easier and easier as you get older to deflect and, and reject uh, willful sin. Now, mm-hmm. granted, all of us sin. And we are going to continue to sin until the day that we are rapture resurrected. There is no way, there is not one man on this, on this, or woman on this planet that's going to be able to not sin. And if you say that you don't sin, well, then you made God a liar. So you, you cannot say that there's no sin within you. But what you can say is you can say, my spirit says, I do not want to sin. So that when you recognize that you're that you're falling into sin, that the Holy Spirit prods you back and says, stop, do not do that. And like you said, Bob, depending on where you are in the walk, it's going to take you this period of time or it's going to take you this period of time. And the, and the question is, is like, how fast can you get back on the right track? Right. It's right. like a fil- it's like a filtering system. Yeah. If you will, you know, you're. Uh... There's certain things that I did in in my youth and in my past life before I got saved that uh, you know there's no way in the world I would do them now. But I I didn't I just when you're when you're doing those things you think you're indestructible. But then once you get born again you start to realize that uh, there's a little bit more to life and 
partying all the time, doing things like that. It says in in um, in second in Second Corinthians chapter four about how the God of this world blinds hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. We're talking about uh, having faith. Bob was just mentioning faith, and it's uh, when you think about it, it really it, it is a supernatural thing because you believe that a uh, a God you've never seen raised a man you've never seen from the dead over 2,000 years ago. And he set him at his own right hand. And we believe that he is the the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And <laughs> we have his word here. And it says in, at the end of that, the, the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. And we were all in darkness until that happened in our lives. We got we can all agree on that. And believe me, of, uh, amen. We still believe, right? Yeah. And and uh even when I was uh, practicing Buddhism, I had a tug. I just knew that there was more life than this. And I, I really that that was the uh I guess the word they use a lot is unction. It was it, and I think it was people praying for me. Um I really do. There's there's something that, you know, there are people out there that are prayer warriors. This is a lot of elderly people that they say that their lives, you know, they're too old to be of any use to God anymore. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard in my life. Some of the greatest prayer warriors on the planet are old people. I mean, people that are in their 80s and 90s and just you know, they, they, they love the Lord and they pray and they just, they pray for, they pray for us. They, they come, they come on a show like this and they, you, they see these four characters there and they're going, what are these guys doing? I'm going to pray for them. And I know Kevin and, uh, and Bob and Greg, I know this happens. This, there's no doubt in my mind. And, and, the, and the Lord needs people that are, that are, I don't know why I'm going off in this direction, but. He needs people that are prayer warriors. He needs people that are that are willing to, you know, get up in the morning and and uh, and pray for yourself and just, you know, the nation, the the the, the truth of the word gets out and more like that beginning segment that the Greg ran, you know, where the house is on fire. That they're going to go and they're going to find that last one before the house is gone, before it falls, and. Um, I, I really believe this is this is what we're all endeavoring to do here is to get to get the truth out so that people will say, hey, you know, there there really is a reason to live. And Kevin, there's a lot of people that are at the, la- at the very last leg of wanting to even live anymore. Mm. People that are that are sitting there with a gun in front of them. It's true. And they're going, hey, you know, I, I, there's no reason for me to even live. I'm just going to go ahead and off myself don't do it yeah don't do it because no, that, uh, the god that loves you the lord jesus christ came and gave his life for you just if there's somebody out there i don't have any idea if they're out there thinking about doing something like that and i've heard stories about people that are getting ready to inject uh, you know put three times the amount of heroin they use usually use because they want to they just want to kill themselves just need to stop and realize that 
there was one that died for you to take care of this stuff and got up from the dead and led captivity captive. You know, it's, 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 we know these things. We've been around, we've seen, we've seen how, how, how lives can change. You know, we've all, we, you know, none of us are perfect. We all have situation. I'm still struggling with stuff in my life, a lot of things, but I still know that there's a God that loves me and the Lord Jesus Christ is my, is my brother. I'm a joint heir with him. Mm. And that's a, that's a fantastic truth. It's a beautiful thing. We can actually be at peace with God, Kevin. Is, you know, we're not, he's not knocking us around anymore. And we're going to have tribulation, but it doesn't say, and you shall have peace with God. And he's going to knock you around and cause you, you know, we've, we, we're all going to go through stuff. You know, I mean, we can all tell stories about different things going on. Um, well, the I, verse you read earlier in Romans says, you know, he, we have tribulations. Tribulations bring patience, which is absolutely true because you you experience it. Right. You're going, OK. And then you know how to deal with it the next time better. And then ultimately that gives you hope that you will be able to overcome the next time that it happens, that you know that God is going to be there for you. Yeah. Uh, we also have an intercessor. I mean, so That's even exactly the things true. that we don't know that we're doing wrong. The, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us uh, directly to the Father and saying, "What well, he didn't know. He didn't even realize he did that. And so yeah. forgive him. I mean, so the prayers coming from the Holy Spirit to the Father are, are always occurring. And then when you have other people as well that are praying for you, you're talking about major power there. I mean, that there is a lot of power in prayer. And I remember hearing a long time ago, there was like the South, I think Southwest Radio Church or something like that was called. It's like, God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. You know, that was like the first thing they said. And and I and as a kid, I was like, well, yeah, okay, okay. But, but you know, as you get older, you, you and somebody prays for you and all of a sudden something comes up and you're just like, prayer is powerful. And, and the, word, is right. the word doesn't go out void. In fact, um, some, it just it just came into my uh, in my heart here to um, somebody that could um, could definitely use uh, some prayer tonight is our sister Vanessa. Mm. Um, you probably know that her grandmother passed, or maybe you don't, but uh, her grandma passed away recently, and uh, it, it's uh, it's really been tough on her. And uh, I was kind of hoping she might be on tonight, but um, just, you know, when you think about her, just, just pray for her. Uh, and she's our sister and she's, she's a terrific gal. And, and it's just, it's hard when you're that close to somebody and you lose them, you know? Sure. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. I, I hope she doesn't mind me saying that if she's watching this tonight. No, I'm sure she, she wouldn't because, mind it at all. Um, yeah. She's, She's she's a she's part of our family and and uh, it's when I when I saw that I just it broke my heart too because I you know I know how close they were yeah so it's you know yeah we uh, we ask for your prayers out there of course we have uh, we have received that information offline but this is more toward the audience who don't know that uh, Vanessa's grandmother had passed away. 
this past week, and we appreciate your prayers lifting her up uh, and the family as well. Amen. Amen. Bob, can you can you go a little bit more into? Um, I, w- I like to hear because a lot of the audience here, some well, some of them do see your videos, but some of them don't um, every week. And I, I like I like when you give a little recap of your, of your video of the week, basically. Um, but we we kind of already went into the one that is like the um, you know the, the free gift and and some of that, but. Um, there was also another video you put out this week regarding somebody who had a dream, and it was a very interesting dream, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Started off with a nuclear attack, and uh, they were brought up to the clouds. And as I've seen this dream, it's, it's a very common dream. You, know, you go, we go up to, we go above the clouds. You're looking down at the earth. Goes in the blackness. You see uh, a lot of nuclear explosions going off, and then we head up to the heavens. Okay, and we're in the third heavens at this point. But in his dream, he's there with Jesus, and Jesus is addressing people, and then he just wants to go up and give Jesus a hug. Okay, well, I'll tell you something. You're, you're not going to go hug Jesus unless you have an indwelling Holy Spirit. Okay, nobody ever wanted to go and hug Jesus. They actually want to kick him out of schools and stuff like that. They want to go and give him a hug and love on him without the Holy Spirit within them. Okay, that's a... That's a, like a father-son relationship, father-daughter relationship you have when you receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so a Scott is guy's name. He's saved. All right, but what, this is what happened to him. Jesus addresses an angel and begins talking about a criminal. Who's this criminal here? And then he thought he was talking about himself. And then he then he uh, returns to the earth and he sees the invasion, uh, alien invasion, basically the fallen angels come to the earth. In which, by the way, uh, I saw a video by L.A. Marzulli, quick note, how alien activity, UFO activity has greatly accelerated around all the reservation areas. Mm. So big heads up on that. All the Indian people, all the Star Lords are returning now. So anyway, mm. anyhow, so he gets kicked onto the earth. He sees, he sees the uh, alien invasion. But uh, then the dream ends. So he's like, what happened? Do, do I get raptured and then get up to heaven? And Jay's like, well, I must have made a mistake. But boy, you sin way too much, man. You went way beyond the four hundred and forty-nine or four hundred seventy-seven sins. I can forgive you for it. Talks about in the Gospels, you know. He's like, no, you know, I made a mistake. You go back down to earth. You're a criminal. You know, first of all, that's not going to happen. God doesn't make mistakes. Okay, we're sealed in the body of Christ. He's not going to make a mistake. Okay, He knows who belongs to Him. Even Jesus knew who the small flock was and who belonged to Him. He says, "Sheep knows His voice." Okay. But be it as it may, Scott, well, he thought he lost his salvation, and he didn't. Come to late, that's funny, because I was editing the video, and later on, the Lord showed me another interpretation. Basically, it was Jesus addressing Satan, the criminal, the, the red dragon. He said, well, the body of Christ is up here now, so we don't need you here no more. But they, have, they, they, got, they need to take your place. Mm. Get rid of this criminal. And that's when the war in heaven takes place, and Michael and his angels kick his uh, kick the uh, devil and his angels down to the earth. And that point, that's what Scott saw: the devil being kicked down to the earth, the criminal being kicked down to the earth. Mm-hmm. So that's what Scott saw. So Scott, if you're watching, you didn't lose your salvation. Okay, you just misunderstood who Jesus was addressing there. But I do go into a lot about salvation during the video, and that just happens sometime. And I explained it in Philippians 1.6, for example. You know, when you get saved, 
your spirit gets sealed, and then the process begins of sanctification of your flesh until the day of the rapture resurrection. And we see an example of that when they laid a man's body on, on Elijah's bones, and he got resurrected from his bones. His spirit's in the center of the earth, but his bones are still, you know, there's still a supernatural thing going on with his bones. His bones, his body is marked for the resurrection at the end of the tribulation when, you know, the Bible talks about Israel being born in the day, which, of course, that's talking about the uh, the resurrection that uh, Elijah sees or, or Ezekiel sees. Okay, so Elijah's bones are not throwaways, just like the bodies of all of our loved ones who have gone before us are not throwaways. Those bodies will be resurrected. Now, our bodies are going to be heaven dwellers, and their bodies are going to be earth dwellers. Okay, so we live in different locations, all right? Not much to how we are living right now. We live all over the world. We're not all in the same place, okay? And God needs to fill up the heavens. But be it as it may, you, when you are saved, everybody listening right now, your spirit is sealed. That's why when you die, your spirit goes to heaven. Your body stays here. Nothing changes with your body except it's marked for the resurrection. Your body dies because it's still sinful. We're talking about sin in this entire show. So that's what I'm talking about, how sin just wrecks your body. Okay, your body hasn't been redeemed yet. But in Philippians 1, 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, which that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So what work did God begin in you? He gave his Holy Spirit, and he regenerated your spirit, sealed it, and now that good work continues with your body as well, as we we're talking about earlier, Kevin, you start, you get saved, you start to, you know, you start pushing down that sin, you start suppressing it. Some things go away immediately, other things you got to fight with, and that's mm. where Apostle Paul says, "You're going to fight with your flesh, man. <laughs> you're going, you're going to war with your flesh. That's a whole part of the Christian walk." But thank God, He gave us somebody in our corner, the Holy Spirit, to fight this flesh. Right. If you're not, if you're not, if you're walking around right now, I'm warning to people. If you're walking around like, man, there's nothing wrong with me. I never sinned. I am so holy. I could just float away. If you feel that way, you are not saved. And you're going to hell. I'll tell you <laughs> that right now. If you're not, if you are not, if you are not convicted by your sins, you don't think you're a sinful person. You're going to hell. That reminds me of like uh, when the Pharisee was there, and he's like, "Thank you, Lord." That I'm not like that tax collector up there. Right. I mean, that that exactly. that's that's when you know that you've gone off the deep end, right? Yeah, you're just Mr. Super Holy Guy, you yeah. know. And I've dealt with people like that before, and and boy, they you know their their doctrines now. Now I look back at all of them, their doctrines are all wrong. <laughs> They're yeah, all wrong. Not just their one thing, is it? It's a bunch of different things, right? That's right, why exactly. that's why it's that's why the renewed mind is the is really the renewed mind is the key to power because, you know, though our outward man perish day by day, our inward man is being renewed. Um, you know, like you were just saying a second ago there, Bob, but, you know, that that spirit is sealed. The Holy Spirit is a seal. We're sealed with it. But in order to really... Uh, reap the benefits of following the Lord Jesus Christ. You have to renew your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just. It's it's not something that happens automatically. I wish it did happen automatically. Believe me, but it doesn't. It's something where you're 
you know, it's, you know, you, there's a verse about leading every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, you know, and, and why does it say every thought, Kevin? Because I think <laughs> every thought's I, evil. <laughs> I, I think that the Lord knows that, that the, the old, old split foot, I call him, yeah. throws, throws things at us constantly. The old man. To try to, to try to trip us up. Very true. Saying, well, you know, it's not really that bad if you're doing this or, you know, whatever it might be. But if we lead, if we endeavor to lead every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, then then we're going to be what? We're going to be more obedient to him. Amen. It just it just makes sense. And, and it's going to get easier. Like Kevin was saying earlier, as you as you as you walk, it'll get easier. Um, it's not that it's going to be an easy life. It's, it sometimes is really tough, but at least we have a hope. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not sitting here hopeless it, because of the way that the world is looking right now. It looks pretty hopeless. I mean, it, it's nuts out there. But so, we don't have to be shaken to the point where we uh, we're we're fearful all the time. You know. Well, listen, fear is going to come regardless sometimes, sure. okay? I, yeah. Let's let's not – yeah, I'm not going to downplay the flesh either because as we've been stating, the flesh can sometimes take a hold of you. Yeah. We can easily say that's not going to take a hold of us. And then when it comes down to it, some of us are going to start feeling that. And when you, when you do, we, we rebuke that in Jesus' name. Right. Rebuke it. Right. And the sooner that you do that, the better off you're going to be. I mean, we're still in the flesh, folks. We're still in the flesh. You're going to sometimes, you know, we can easily say that. But when it comes down to it, when it really comes down to it and, you you know, rubber rubber hits the road, so to speak. Right. Yeah. You find yourself in that position. Forget it. You know, sometimes, you know, it's going to be it's going to be different. We can easily say these things. But that's where you need to realize, oh, am I fearing this? Am I about to run away? Am I going to be a Peter and deny Jesus three times? I I hope to God that is not the case, but we have been given the Holy Spirit at this point. So that should take over. I can tell you, you know, in my own experiences, the Spirit has taken over in certain cases in which I could easily have feared what was right before me. But I knew deep down that God was resting upon me and keeping me, keeping me sane, keeping me calm and peaceful and not worrying. Yeah. He can do that. Peter. This is a supernatural peace and presence. Yeah. That surpasses all understanding. Peter was the rock in which Jesus built his church. In. Okay. That's what he said. Peter, you're, you're the rock in which I'm going to build this church on. The same guy who denied him three times. Okay. So for those who say that, you know, if you have fear, then you're, you're, you're not saved. And this, no. That is not true. It, and it's different because, I mean, the action that you have when you're afraid is different than the spirit that you have when you're afraid. And I think that a lot of people put two things together and, and like mash up like Bob always talks about, you know, we're three three different parts are in, 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 in us. And then it, we have a soul. We have a body. We have a spirit. We have three different things that are clashing against each other all the time but you know what god looks at he looks at the spirit he looks at your spirit and he says what 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 does this person desire 
what do they what do they actually want out of not just like what they want today or or some or this and that it's it's like what do they want existentially what do they want spiritually out of this do they want to have a relationship do they want to overcome the fear or do they want to succumb to it so it's a different thought process it's a different spirit that you have and you say if you don't have a spirit of fear yes you could still be afraid and you could still react to it but what you can do right thereafter is say like greg said rebuke it and say look I am going to trust in God in this instance. I am going to put my life in his hands. I am going to pray. I'm going to ask others to pray. I'm going to get through this. I am not going to succumb to it. There's another thing I want to talk about too, Greg. I mean, listen, we got to nip this in the bud. The Bible talks about things that are going to happen before the tribulation. It talks about the beginning of sorrows. It talks about pestilences. It talks about all kinds of things that are going to happen before the end comes. There are all these precursors that occur prior to the tribulation occurring. The tribulation is a different period of time. That's when the things happen that are worse than any other time on earth. God is going to do things that are supernatural during that period of time. There is one thing that God is going to do that is extremely supernatural in regards to the mark of the beast. He is going to have two angels flying around and telling people, in their language, not to take the mark of the beast, okay? That is biblical. That is going to happen. If God is perfect and, and the word is perfect, which we believe that it is, and if you don't, then I, I do question whether or not you are actually saved because the, the Bible is the inspired word of God and the word is Jesus Christ. So if you start questioning whether this, you're questioning Jesus Amen. Christ. And so therefore, your faith must be questioned. Just It's just a logical step. But look, God said he's going to send his two angels. The two angels are nowhere to be found. They are not in the sky. They are not telling people, blessed are those who die and do not take the mark of the beast. That is not happening right now. You have countries that are over 90% vaxxed. Are they, is God late? Is he just late in sending his angels? Or did he just break the promise? And, and that's just one of so many things. So listen, I know it's bad right now. I know that it looks bad. And it, but I, I got to tell you this, people. It's going to be much, much worse in the future. Much, much worse. You're talking about a, two lines you're talking about one line that goes to take the mark and the other line that goes to the guillotine. We do not have that today. Okay. We're not anywhere even close to having that today. It's getting closer by the day. Yes, but we are not there yet. And I know that people are, have, are, are jumping ahead in the story. And, the, and, they, and, they, and I think that a lot of it is just out of fear is that they're afraid. And that also, Bob, you alluded to this earlier Misery loves company. If I'm going to be miserable and afraid, then I want you to be miserable and afraid along with me because then we can feel bad together about things. But you know what? We four do not feel that way. We have hope. Yeah. We have our blessed hope, don't we? I mean, we have the ultimate hope, which is being taken out of here. And, and, and it, no matter how long that takes, blessed are the overcomers. Blessed are the ones who are patient. Blessed are the ones who endure. That's who we are going to be. We are going to continue to endure this. And we are not going to spread fear. 
And we are not going to condemn people to hell for taking medicine that may or may not be good. You have to talk to your doctor about that. You have to read up about it. You have to have to deal with that. But I'm telling you, it is not. That is not going to stop you or separate you because Paul said there is nothing that is going to separate you if you are saved. Not one thing. If someone tells you, if you do this, you're going to go to hell during the age of grace, they are absolutely 100% incorrect unless they say, if you do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, that is the one thing. You are not going to be saved. But anything else, there is not one thing that's going to separate you. And that includes what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say that, Greg. I I know we say this a lot, but there are new people that come in and ask these questions. And they've listened to other people and even other pastors who call themselves pastors that say these things. But they are not using scripture in order to be able to, to, to make their case. They are doing it out of fear or they're doing out of other reasons. And I'm telling you, there is nothing that can separate you. And God has not sent his angels in the sky. Okay, those are two big things. It's a big, if the, the people who are fearful right now are those who are just taking the entire Bible and just mixing up in a blender. If you're doing that, you should be extremely fearful. But those of us who rightly divide the word of God, as the book of Timothy instructs us to do, we know better, you know, and I always go to the excuse of why the church needs to be removed because our gospel is contrary to the gospel of that Revelation 14 angel. If, he, if he's going to be preaching that gospel and trying to keep people taking that mark of the beast, we're going to be preaching against him because our gospel is different. His gospel is based on works and faith. Okay, our, our gospel is based on faith alone. So God has to remove all of us so that there's no confusion on the earth. God doesn't want to create a whole, you know, plethora of confusion of angels and people trying to preach the word of God. And now you got two gospels fighting with each other, you know, and especially when our apostle specifically instructed us not to listen to any angel of light, an angel from heaven or anything. So there's a problem. How's God going to fix that? The rapture resurrection. I mean, to me, that's like, I know what the Bible says, and I could tell people all that, but sometimes you got to give them a, a common sense, logical explanation of why we simply cannot be here. Okay. And Bob, these people yeah. do not have faith that say this right here, just because you don't see the angels doesn't mean they aren't there. Okay. Really, you're going to have faith in a God that's going to obfuscate something from you that he said that he's going to do. Okay, that is a false god. Mm-hmm. You are you are you have fallen into a trap and faith of a false god at that point because you're not even believing what he said. Okay, listen, I I I, I got to tell you that I, I'm not I am not pleased when people start making up things and saying that I am a false teacher because I actually use the Bible, and then they say, well, just because. You say that the Bible's that the Bible says it doesn't mean that it actually already isn't there. If you can't see it, okay, when it says that they will be seen and that people will hear them, and you say, well, maybe they won't. That is not what the Bible says. That is what you are saying in order to, to prove a false or a faulty assumption or, or proof on your part. You are making a fallacy argument against it. 
And God is not one to put fallacy out there and have you be confused. God has been very clear about this. God says that the false prophet is going to set up an image or have people set up an image so that the beast can be worshipped and so that people will take his mark or the name of the beast and then they won't be able to buy or sell without that mark. We do not see that happening today. People all around who have not taken this, even in countries with 90 some odd percent people taking it, they can still buy or sell. It may be difficult, but they still can. They can order groceries online. They can buy things online, okay? There is not going to be religious exemptions for the mark of the beast, okay? Mm-hmm. There's not going to be these things, people. You, I mean, I don't understand why they must believe this and make everybody else believe this. Is it because of one of these things that you just said, Greg, which is the holier-than-thou attitude, which is, well, I didn't take it, and therefore I must, I'm much better than those who did, and those who did are going to go to hell, and I'm not because I didn't take it. Just because you didn't take that that vaccine doesn't mean that you're saved. There are people that are have not taken it and that are not saved, okay? The Bible doesn't say, for God so loved the world that he gave a vaccine that anyone didn't take it will have everlasting life. That is not John 3.16, okay? Mm-hmm. John 3.16 says that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Okay. The mark of the beast will be a government mandate. Okay. The the, the new world order, Satan will control the whole world at this point. That's where they're heading towards right now. They're central. They're, they're centralizing everything now. Okay. But it hasn't got to that point yet, but basically the, what the V shot to the arm is doing for everybody is conditioning the world to submit to government mandates. That's what they're trying to teach the population, the population of the earth to do. Because once this thing comes out, they can only push it once. Okay, Satan knows when this mark of the beast comes out, I need the world to be ready for it. We don't have time to waste to try to change people's minds and campaign. No, when this thing comes, everybody better be ready to take it. And that's basically what his the, the New World Order is trying to do right now. You know, they're conditioning the world to accept government mandates. Of course, they're running into a lot of trouble right now, but it's still working pretty good. Half this country's been inoculated already, and a majority of the world has now already. But, you know, they're going to get some great rewards from that, you know, because they'll start to populate in the earth. But at least, they're, at least they're conditioning the world to submit to these mandates. When the market of the beast comes out, then everything will be ready for them. And you're talking about that Revelation 14 angel warning you of that mark do you know what else that takes place right around the time the mark of the beast is released and the revelation 14 angel begins speaking preaching to the world about taking that mark if you go to revelation chapter 14 it says on 14 8 right before 49 right before the angel starts announcing to the world about not taking the mark of the beast it says and there followed another angel saying babylon is fallen is fallen that great city because she made all the nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. All right. Has there been a city, any of the 
potential Babylon cities? Have no. any of them been completely destroyed and decimated off the map? No, the harlot system is still like building yeah. up. And like you talked about, it's going to be enforced and it's going to be gigantic during the tribulation. And the right. beast devours the harlot. That has not happened yet. Yep. So that hasn't happened yet. And then you can go to uh, you can go to the first before chapter uh, Revelation fourteen verse seven says saying with a loud voice fear God and fear give glory to Him for the the hour of judgment has come has this hour of judgment come yet no tribulation hasn't started yet I haven't heard no. that loud voice either have you no okay. so if none of that stuff's happened yet guess what the what talks about a few verses later because altogether the mark of the beast hasn't happened yet either. Okay, this thing that this thing that goes in your arm and all this stuff like that—it's not the mark. You know, I know Chester. He always asks me about when the mark of the beast is coming, uh, and I keep telling him, "Dude, it's going to come in the middle of tribulation. You're going to see these mandates ramp up, though. Don't. I'm not. I'm telling the people who are left behind. Up until the mark of the beast come, these mandates will kill you. They will kill you over the mandates. Were you even allowed to say that? They're, is they're that gonna politically kill you cor- correct now? Mark of the beast. You don't take say- that V. You don't take the uh, the uh, what's it going to be a carbon emissions, whatever. You don't take whatever thing they're going to be offering. They're going to start killing you. Then eventually the mark of the beast comes and they'll kill you for that too if you don't take it. I don't know that we're allowed to say mandates anymore. I've got to tell you, we're we're just in that we're in that era, aren't we? <laughs> we're not allowed to say it no more. We have break. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Greg. Uh, can you bring up James uh, 3, 13 to 18? Sure. Yes, I can do that. Oh, let's... There we go. I can't hear you, Kevin. What's going on? Uh, I'm just saying, Bob, we, we, we definitely want to continue to be able to give out good, good messages here. So we, we, sure. we, we, we you know, I, you may be right and you, and, and, and you may, but you probably are. But I mean, at the same time, though, I think that we, we, we should, Probably just reserve that for what, when that happens during the tribulation. How about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I read? Can I read this? Because this just came into my mind. You, you guys are talking about confusion and the adversary and the confusion. And there are a lot of people in the chat that are confused right now. I can yeah. tell you that. And they're okay. and the reason why they're confused is that they're not taking the Bible right. literally and word for word for what it says. They're actually making up things in order to like try to prove what they believe. Okay, this says, who is a wise man and a dude with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom cometh, uh, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. That's from the adversary. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So which wisdom would you rather have? Would you rather have the wisdom that's from above or the wisdom that's from below? That's what you really have to ask yourself. Exactly. If you want confusion, every evil work, if you you know, which is going on right now, or do you want something that's pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, 
full, not just mercy, but full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. You know, we're not, you know, God's not um, saying that, uh, you know, I'm not going to save him because he doesn't look a certain way or, you know, he's sinned too much. He's done too many bad things. If that were the case, none of us would be here. There's not going to be one person who's going to take the mark of the beast and who's going to worship Jesus Christ. Period. End of story. That I mean, you are you are taking his the Antichrist mark. You are you are worshiping the beast. Okay, the beast hasn't even shown up yet. I mean, listen, I, I, I Greg, I got to tell you, I'm I mean, it's just it's really kind of sad to see that people, and I think that Steve might have hit the nail on the head there on one of his comments. He said, um, people want to own prophecy. It is pride. I mean, when you consider some of the people that are pushing this nonsense, that this is the mark of the beast, Mm -hmm. they are saying, I've come up with this. I've figured this out. And I'm telling the truth to everybody. And I'm the first one that came up with this. And I'm this and that. What is all that? That is all pride. Mm -hmm. That is all, look at me, what I've said and what I've been able to come up with and what I've been able to tell you. Instead of saying, what does the actual Bible say about it? And they will not talk about the things that we've just talked about either. They won't. They won't mention those things. And actually, many of them, if they get questions and say, well, hold on a second. My my mom, my sister, my brother, he's a Christian. He gave his life to Christ long ago. He still is a Christian, yet he took it. And so does that mean that he's doomed to hell forever? And then, and and the answer that they give to that person is never no, and is never yes. It is always some lengthy stuff that they go into all this other stuff, and they never answer the question. And if it actually is the mark of the beast, the answer would be yes. They are going to hell, but it is not the mark of the beast, and they cannot answer that question with yes in the future. When the angels are telling you that if you take that, you're going to the second death, blessed are those who do not take it and give up their life. It is very clear. It is obvious of what is happening there. When you're worshiping the beast, you are not worshiping Jesus Christ. And not only that, Paul even tells us in his word, even right here, Romans eight thirty-five through 39, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For Paul is persuaded, absolutely convinced, that neither death, death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And they're trying to separate them. Jesus is God, our Savior, just posted a great comment saying, do you know the satanic poison they're putting in the V can cause people to quit believing in God? Baloney, baloney, not true, false. That is not true because Mm -hmm. that cannot separate you. That is a perfect comment of while you were reading this, Greg, 
of somebody saying exactly the opposite of what the Bible says, of Where what the Holy Spirit says through Paul, says that that cannot happen, that mm-hmm. you cannot take something in you, that you're not going to be able to do something in order to be able to separate you. Right. No, there is no poison in that in order to make you not believe in Jesus Christ. We are trying to bring Bible truth to you. And Revelation Hope, who's coming out with the comment, are we hired by the government to tell Christians that it's okay? to take? We, have we ever said we that it was okay? We are not saying it's okay. Have okay. any of us ever said that it was okay, Greg? We rebuke that in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show the spirit the of Lord the Lord, whoever said that. You in Jesus' name, the Lord rebuked that in Jesus' name. It's false. Mm-hmm. It's, it's bearing it's false, false witness. Witness. That's yes. what that is. It is. We are not saying well, it's okay. We are not hired by the government. We are hired by our Lord Jesus Christ to bring truth to the believers and the bodies of Christ in this time in which there is so much division, so much sure. division, and misunderstanding, misinfo, disinfo. And we are trying to bring this to the body of Christ, the truth that is in God's word. So you could either take what Paul says as truth, or you can throw it out and believe what you want to believe. Exactly. It's one or the you, other. You know, Paul says here, he's totally talking about the God's seal, the seal of God, Ephesians 4.30, sealed in the body of Christ. You're sealed in Christ. If it's God's seal, a seal is not meant to be opened. Unless the person that put the seal there removes the seal himself, okay. And the guy that said that uh, that could make the, they could put something inside you, your body, to make you quit believing. <laughs> Hold on a second, believing doesn't come from your body; that's generated from your spirit. I did a video about that. They can't touch your spirit, okay. Your body, I mean, your body, your spirit, your spirit believes. Your spirit has faith. And then your body manifests what the spirit already does. So if my spirit has faith in something, sure, a a few milliseconds or a tenth of a second after that, there's something in my brain that might react to that, (laughs) you know, but it'll come from my spirit first. So for them to say they can put something in my body to cause my spirit to quit believing or my spirit to potentially believe in Jesus Christ, you're right, Kevin. That's a bunch of baloney because that's your body. They, they, sure, they could probably mess up your brain a little bit, but they can't touch your spirit. These people have made themselves eternal judges. Mm-hmm. These people yeah. have actually done that. They've actually now doled out condemnation on people and have sentenced them to hell and said, well, now forget it. Don't even talk to them anymore. I mean, th- th- this type of stuff is is toxic it is extremely toxic and uh and listen i I really don't want any part of these people that that are not going to be willing to actually take the bible and take these verses and understand what the bible actually says about it i don't want them bringing that poison into this chat room greg and that's the reason why i'm kind of on this so much is because these people think they're doing a, a a a good service but then when they say things like that which are a against what the bible says it's 100 180 degrees you can pull them out very easily and say look you need to stop yes yeah it's quite upsetting Mm -hmm. yeah and you know what and i and i don't necessarily blame every i mean sure you must take some personal responsibility in order to be able to show yourself worthy and and show yourself to to be able to prove what what's in the bible but the, but we but we do have people that are out there 
that are twisting scripture all around and making themselves judge and jury. And, and, and I just, and I don't, and I don't know why they're doing it, Greg, but it's just one of those things that Satan is using in, in order to try to further divide people and further, um, you know, when you're telling somebody you have no hope since you've already taken this, you've got no hope. Well, I mean, what's left at that point? There's no witnessing. There's no exhortation. There's nothing. It's just that, well, sorry, you took this medicine, they're, so they're, you're going to hell. Yeah, they're coming up with their own words. So basically, they're taking verse 38 and saying they are absolutely convinced that death or life or angels or principalities yeah. and powers and things present or things to come Can will, in fact, will, in fact, separate you. Yeah. But that's totally going against what Paul says here. It's 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 like a, it's, yeah it's a hundred percent it's going to right it's like they they they've done exactly the opposite they say exactly if you do the that, opposite it will absolutely separate you one hundred percent you've got so no you, chance you might as well you might as yeah. well take this out you might as well take this complete yeah verse and chapter Funny. out some some more some moron put together some <laughs> serum somewhere. And said, I can, I can, I can keep you from, I can separate you from God with this serum, you know, put it in your body, you're done. How yeah, and I'm gonna, does that sound? Right. And I'm going to file under patent 060606 in order to make yeah. you believe that it's the mark of the beast. I mean, yeah. look at Satan is, is gone all, all out on this one. Okay. He has, he's done a lot of things. I'm even going to put something in there called Luciferous. So, I mean, I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to try to try to mess you up to believe that you can be separated from God. I don't even have to bring out my, I don't even have to bring out the beast. I don't even have to get kicked out of heaven. I can go ahead and do these things and make people believe this. Look, you got to be stronger than that, people. you got to put on the full armor of God. And part of that full armor is the word. You need to sure. use the word in order to be able to prove it against anything that anybody else says. That's what Jesus Christ did. He said it's written over and over again. And and if somebody's on there and making statements that are, you know, contrary to the word, they just, uh, it's like you're saying, they just don't believe it. They don't believe the word. So, Tina Grit, just to answer your, your comment there, listen, we are acting in a loving way. Uh, we're not yelling. We're not, uh, we're, we're not trying to yell. We're passionate about what God's word says. Uh, Jesus was certainly passionate when he overturned those tables, you know, the money changers in the temple of God. He certainly was passionate and he was certainly turning people away, but he was, he's the Lord Jesus Christ showing his passion for the father. And that's what we're doing here today. We're showing passion for the word of God, for the truth of Jesus Christ. We're certainly not yelling, although it may be, may seem that way. We're just letting people know our passion for the Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's amazing about the, the mark of the beast. You know, we, we have a rebirth, a spiritual rebirth. Okay. When the Holy spirit, when born after the spirit, like apostle Paul talks about, when you have, when you get the mark of the beast, you have what I call a dark rebirth, a very dark rebirth. <laughs> and it's very, and you know, the Lord showed me was, um, when you when you have this dark rebirth, first of all, you are you don't believe in God, you don't believe in Jesus Christ for who they are. You believe in Satan. You are one hundred percent Satan. You believe it, it is it is a far left 
far left belief system. You, you, you're not sitting there reaching out, loving Jesus Christ with the mark of the beast. Okay. And I've even seen it where um, I was on a walk and the Lord was just, you know, things just downloaded to me, but people take that mark. When they take it, their body begins to change. Your physical body, they get scales on their arms like lizards. Their body begins to like get, it, it just changes physically. And it's like a, it's kind of like a reptilian type change in your body. And some people, when it starts happening, some people are going to love it. They got people that, that do uh, tattoos and change themselves anyways. They're going to love this thing. Okay. But be it as it may, this mark of the beast is going to change people so drastically, even even causing people to walk on all fours. I totally believe it. And that's what I received the download of the spirit. People are going to be climbing up walls and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Okay. So I have not seen anything, you know, administered to anybody that caused anybody to do anything even remotely close to that. But yeah, I, I agree there's something wrong with that shot. I mean, after all, we did see what's in it. We did see that little funny looking creature in there that looks like a lot of the uh hieroglyphics we see at you know these ancient Egyptian ruins and stuff like that. So it's kind of strange that now we see it in the DNA. I mean we see it in the shot itself. I believe that little thing, whatever it is that's in people, is waiting for the completion of the mark. Perhaps that's what's going on. And if it if it never gets completed, that little thing goes to waste. So yeah, th- that could be what's going on. You know, you even guys hear what? Thing, um, Bob, but even that little thing can't separate you. From, no, it can't from, from Jesus Christ. There's nothing, right. nothing. I mean, look at Paul was clear. He didn't say, "Well, there might be some things that I don't know about that's going to happen in the future." He said, there's nothing. Okay. So we, we, sure. But you have to remember this too, is that none of us have ever said that this is an awesome thing. Okay. So none of us has ever, has ever encouraged anybody to take it. Okay. We've never said that. And yet what, what, what the reason why we are so passionate about this is because when you do not read the Bible and you do not understand it and you start making up your own doctrine or you listen to somebody else who's made up a doctrine and then you say, well, these people are no longer eligible for salvation. That is dangerous. That is dangerous to growing the body of Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is, the, and that's why we're passionate about it. It's because that's what it leads to. It leads to condemnation. Okay. And Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save. So when you're putting out condemnation, you are not being like him, okay? You are being like the enemy. That's what the enemy does. The enemy condemns you. The Holy Spirit convicts you. The enemy condemns you. You need to be very, very careful about condemning people to hell and the lake of fire for eternity, okay? Right. That's why why we're passionate about it, and I think there were a lot of people in the chat that were like going in all caps saying that we were false prophets, that we're this and that. And I don't think people appreciate that. And I think, Greg, that's what they were referring to when they're saying yelling. They're not saying that we're yelling. They're saying that the people in the chat are yelling at us, telling us that we're not teaching the Bible. Yet all we're doing is bringing up verses and passages, that, and, and yet they don't have anything. They don't have any Bible verses or passages, Greg. They're no, just making this the Bible. stuff up. 
I don't see them posting them. So they're just going off of, you know, this guy said this on YouTube and this crazy guy over here holding the gun in the corner, holding up signs and going to his church over there in the corner. Of a, they got like nine people in this church and the pastor's crazy. You know, that's yeah, we know who you're talking about. Yeah. I think everybody knows at this yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, um, and right. I don't know what happened and where the where the deep end started for him, but it started and he's gone all the way into it. And mm-hmm. it's a shame. It's a shame because many things that he, he said in the past were, were very good. But um, nonetheless, listen, we're 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 we are not going to condemn anybody on, on on this channel. We are going to say and what Robert Hagen says a lot, which is give Jesus a chance. You give him an opportunity. You give him a chance. Your life all of a sudden changes and is not going to happen where every single thing changes the first day is going to be a walk, but you will see gradual change as you get closer to him, but you need to receive him first. And I think what you were talking about earlier, Robert, about people like saying, look, there's nothing left for me. I'm going to, you know, do take my own life or something like that, which is the worst thing that you could possibly do because we are temp. Our body is the temple of the Holy spirit. You do that. You snuff that out. You are you are be, becoming God at that point and saying, look, I am going to judge whether or not I live or die. OK, so you do that and say, I'm going to die. You are taking that away from the almighty and you've taken that completely out of his hands. You've said, I'm not going to trust you with my life whatsoever. Where where does that leave you in standing with with God, with the father? It leaves you in a very poor standing. And, and I would say that it's it's very precarious that you are going to be able to spend eternity with him if you take your own life. I would say that it's uh, that you are you are just rolling the dice and and Jesus said you will not you should not tempt the Lord your God. So you do that and you start saying, "Well, you got a conundrum here, God. Well, you put him in a conundrum and you're tempting him like that. That is not probably going to work out well for you." But there is a different way. You can go a different path, okay? You can give Jesus a chance, right? You know, in the in the word condemnation in, in uh, Romans eight one uh, is the word so uh, it means in the Greek it means self judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, we we really, you know, it says there is now there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Um. Paul was a, a prime example of somebody who could have really condemned himself for what he had done in his past. You know, that's one of the fascinating things about it. When you, when you take apart his writings that are inspired by the Holy Spirit, but he had a past life before he became a believer. And when the Lord put in his heart to write these things, he could say, you know, yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> I remember when I can, you know, I could be under condemnation because of everything I did that was wrong. But now I'm walking after the spirit and I don't have to be under condemnation. And that's what the, one of the things the adversary really, really tries to get you to do. Um, to keep you from becoming a believer. And then after you become a believer, he tries to 
to trick you into thinking that every time you have a bad thought that you're, you know, it's, it's a walk, walk, not, a, it's, a, it's not a sprint. It's a walk. It's a, like Kevin said, it's a day, it's a day by day thing. Mm. It's, it's a, it's a process. Whether you've been a believer for one day or for 50 years, we still, no, no matter how long, you know, there's saints that are 95 years old that, that don't, they, they don't know it all. I mean, we just, we're all, I think we're all valuable. We're all important. Um, you know, each, each person has something to offer. And if you're out there and, and, uh, you're a believer, you have something to offer, but, but don't, um, don't come into the chat room and, 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 uh, so discord. It's, uh, it's basically what's been going on from what, what I've been hearing here. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't read, I don't read all these things, but no, I'm reading them. It's still, people are saying, well, even a couple people are still saying, well, I still believe it is. And it's just like, after everything that we pointed out here sure. with Bible verses and stuff like that, they want to believe what they want to believe. They're deceived and they're continuing to live in, and 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 live in deceit. So fine. That's fine. I guess. I mean, what, what, what can, what more can we do? But when that when those people start condemning other people in the chat and they start condemning us and start bearing false witness and saying that we're saying things that we're not saying, yeah. that's listen, that, that's very dangerous. And I and I and I'm not saying it for our sake or even for the other people in the chat. I'm saying it for the sake of the person who's saying it, that they're in peril, that they have issues, that they have faith based issues, they have spiritual issues. There's something wrong with their spirit when you start bearing false witness and you start condemning and you start pluck picking and choosing what part of the Bible that you believe that man manipulated and you believe that is inspired from God. You're going down a very, very shaky path at that point. Yeah. I just right. want to know, I just want to know how long, that, how long we've been working for the government. How long have you been working? Well, look, look, Bob Barber, how long have you been working for the government? I'm telling you, Bob Barber is like, I, I think he's an anarchist. I, I, I think I've ultimately come to know Bob as, a, as like the anti-government guy. If, listen, if Bob's working for the government, you should not be getting paid, Bob. You're not I doing was, a good job for them. I was just joking, you guys. I know, I know. I'm, I, you, and I'm continuing the joke. Don't you know? Do you the think that they would hire me? No. Yeah. No. You're supposed to. In improv, you know, you always say yes. yes. When someone says something, you say yes and you go with it because it just makes it more ridiculous. Right, Greg? You know about that. Yeah, I know. Uh, so we should get on to questions. Questions? Uh, what are we at? Let's ask Bob. Up? Since Let's ask Bob some questions. I think Chester's got about 30 questions lined up for you, Bob. <laughs> Should we start with Chester? Why don't we start with Chester? Yeah, why, why don't we do that? Because yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Chester actually gave me a pretty interesting one here. Here's one right here. I don't know if it's the same one you have. Up. It says, uh, let's see, discussing what will happen Democrats. I think the email here says, hey, Bob, will you be discussing about what will happen if Democrats keep the House, Senate, in 2022 elections, or if 46 gets reelected second term, let me tell you something. Satan's done with the Democratic Party. He reached everybody. He's reached every liberal and every loved person he's needed to reach, reach and got them 
position with either the V shot to the arm or they are in a mindset right now where they will receive the mark of the beast. Okay, he's done with them. But he has probably the majority of his country and probably the majority of the world who are anti, you know, liberal. So he's like, okay, so I don't need your Democratic Party anymore. Okay, this is why you see polls now talking about the end of the Democratic Party. Okay, and you know what? The Democrats, they don't care about the polls. In fact, in fact a lot of them are, are, are retiring now. Mm-hmm. So basically the way I see it, this way I see it, but I see that the Satan is done with the Democratic Party, and he's getting rid of them now. He's going to make them pretty much a, an almost a non-existent party. The re- he wants the Republicans in control. Why? Because he wants to be able to reach all the patriots, all the Christians, all the conservatives. And I tell you what, it, the, 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 the uh, mark of the beast and the beast system will come through the help of the Republican Party. Mm. Okay? Because, you know, like I said, Satan... He hasn't reached these people yet. So this is where your deception is going to come in. All right? And Jews, for the most part, especially the small flock, they're good people. Okay? So in order to get to them, you need a really great deception. The Bible says that the deception is so great that even for the elect. Okay? So basically, the deception that's coming in is not for all those in love. They're already done. They're deceived. They're done. They're 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 in the frying pan going into the going to the fire now. Okay, but not us. Okay, not people like us. Not the patriots. Not conservatives. There's a lot of patriots and conservatives out there that do not believe in Jesus Christ. They believe in Trump. They believe in the Republican Party. They believe in the Patriot Party that's coming. And Satan's like, great. That's all I need. Hey. You know what? You can have your Republican back. You can have your Republican Party back. You can have your Trump back. You can have it all back, okay? And once that all gets into place, I'm going to just slide in there and begin using them to get you guys on my side, just like I got, just like I use the Democrats to get all those humans on my side. And that's why I, I completely believe 2022 is going to be a complete bloodbath. I mean, it's going to be a red wave like you wouldn't believe, but when it's all said and done, then Satan begin. Can, and it's not going to happen within a day. It's going to take some time, okay? But it's going to be pretty quick, though. It's not going to take decades, okay? It took Satan a while to get the Democrats to deceive the whole country, you know, and th- deceive the world. It took him a few decades to do that. But what he has planned with the Republican Party may only take like a year, you know? Yeah. So basically, to answer your question there, uh, Chester is that the I totally believe the Democrats are done. They're all done, and now the Republican Party will be the main party for the foreseeable future going to the tribulation. That's scary. Um, yeah. Greg, before you ask, ask that question, there's a question that was posed to me. Kevin, is a gray beard inevitable? Um, I, I would say, I would say that it, I mean right now um, I kind of have like brown a little bit. And that's why it looks gray. But I think a white beard is actually because it's pretty much just white where it's at. Uh, so I think that a white beard is probably inevitable. Yeah, it is. It is an ask me anything moment. So yeah. So thanks, thanks, Tyler uh, T. I appreciate that. You you have a nice red beard there. Um, you must be you know younger than me, which is uh, absolutely impossible. I think the only people. <laughs> in the world that are actually older than me are my parents and, and Robert yeah. Hagen. So oh, um, yeah. He's got to be from Ireland. If his name is Tyler T. 
His name is Tyler T, and he's got got a beard, yeah. red beard. All right. What did you say about age, Hawkman? Nothing. I said uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's no. Right. You were you were asleep, so don't worry about it. It's fine. Oh, sorry. I went to this one instead. We'll go back to the other Revelation. Uh, what is it? Uh, September. Are 20th. we in Revelation chapter six, Bob? No. That should be a quick one. No. Okay. I used uh, to believe that we were, but once I you? started rightly dividing the Word of God, yeah. uh, we're not. Okay, you can spiritualize and make it look like we're there, but we're not there. The body of Christ is not part of the book of Revelation. Yeah. All right. Do you guys think tribulation will start September 2022? I know one guy who does. I do. I'll ring that bell. I'll ring that bell. Why not? You know, because what if if I'm right? (laughs) If I'm wrong? Well, then I go back and delete a whole bunch of videos. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, Bob, I've never heard you say that you are you you put every <laughs> that you put everything into it, and that you you know you have no accounts, no missionaries going on past September 22. You haven't done that. You haven't gone to the Heaven's Gate cult. And said, I'm going to wear my Nikes on that day. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to off myself. So, I mean, let's be honest here, Bob. You do have a belief that it's going to happen. You make reasons why. But you also have not bet the farm and sold the farm, basically. on. No, I got plans for 2023 and 2024. Well, you have a book, Bob. Mm Mm-hmm. You have a book, which is The yeah. Road to 2024. 24. <laughs> this was written by Bob Barber. Well, it's The Road. So basically, I'm talking about what's going on on The Road to 2024. That's right. And, so. and, and a critical moment in The Road could be September 2022. Right. All right. So there you go. Was it, was it another question? Yeah, there's more. Greg's okay. got more. Uh, what did NASA do? NASA does a lot of things, don't they? NASA, NASA did something. Uh, I know what you're talking about. They did something really stupid. Um, what did they do? Um, oh, the priest. Yes. <laughs> did yes. you hear about the NASA guy who went into the bar with the priest? Mm-hmm. You hear that one? <laughs> no, they got a priest is going to be a liaison for the aliens coming. Ah, oh, good, good. That's good. Well, yeah. a priest. So NASA is worried about the salvation of the fallen angels and the demons, aliens. Oh, so they went and got a priest, you know. Well, so, don't worry. The Catholic Church will come to the rescue, and they'll either baptize them or be ba- be baptized by them. So right. don't worry about it. <laughs> That's all going to work itself out just fine. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think NASA believed in God. So evidently they believed something. They believed in something. So, yep, we heard uh, about that. Just well, more just more deception, sounds like to me. One of these People times that we go on here, we'll talk about NASA. All right. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna uh, make a case for a, a flat earth, Robert? No, no. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna talk about NASA one time. Okay, not that's tonight like, though. That never, sounds like fun. Stands for never a straight answer, right? <laughs> that's right. That sounds good. That's right. My age. Say, so can the rapture happen during a cloudless day? Yes, because when it takes place, you know, you're going to have places that are going to be cloudy. You're going to have places that are just like you do right now. That's why I have a mixture of rapture dreams that are beautiful days. Then there is a dream place when they're completely covered in clouds and dark in the midst of storms. Okay, 
But, you know, that's tough to say. It depends on where you're living and what kind of weather pattern and what's going on spiritually. You know, I bet you any money, though, when a rapture takes place, there will be uh, dark clouds manifesting over cities that have very strong principalities that are in control of them, like Chicago. I believe there will be dark clouds manifesting over them. You know, maybe that's what, you know, they're saying. Who knows? Yeah, I think that I think that comes from like it's going to be a day of clouds uh, when they're talking about the day of the Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I don't that, I don't I don't connect that to the to the day of the rapture. So uh, I I don't I don't think that it's going to be like clouds all over the earth and and this and that. I I, I mean, there's a lot of places like I don't even know if clouds can actually cover the entire earth. I think that there's um, that that's. I don't think there's enough clouds. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is, but I think, well, if God wanted to do it. He could, but I, I don't, I don't see a connection there. Mm-hmm. I would say that's going to be a good day. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good day for talk- some, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, here we go. So, is it possible to lose your salvation in the grace period once you believed in the works, and it, I guess the works of Christ on the cross, and it's a gift? But now you've been deceived and no longer believe the Bible is true. I believe you are. So th- this is an interesting. This is an interesting question. Um, you're saying that at one time someone believed in Jesus and now no longer does. Well, I mean, faith is something that you have and that you build over a lifetime. Not that that you lose over a lifetime. Okay, you build it up. You lose it. You didn't have much to begin with. And Jesus talks about uh, different seeds and, and how they grow and how and, and that the Satan can come and snatch it away. And they're not firmly grounded and rooted. I would say that that this person has fallen into that category where they haven't rooted themselves deep enough to be able to withstand. And I think, Greg, that says the wiles of the devil. Right. So that you can withstand the wiles of the devil. If you can't withstand the wiles of the devil, your faith is lacking. So how can you be saved if you have no faith? And so I would say that this person who once believed and no longer believes was never saved in the first place, that they that they actually had a little inkling there, but then they they let it go away and they and they and they did not pursue the faith that they could have had. That's that's my take on it. I mean, they're saying that they no, no longer believe the Bible is true. The Bible is the word. The word is God and the word is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you do not believe in Jesus, then you are not saved. So I don't I don't see how someone could believe that someone's saved when they don't believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Would you I mean, am I off on that or is it just common sense? That's good. All right. I, was, I was looking for the verse of... Um... Um, I think it was Titus 2.13 or Timothy 2.13. It says, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Uh, that's Titus 2.13, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, right? Right. I mean, you cannot, you, you cannot lose salvation, but this person did not have salvation to begin with. And, and, I, and I go back to the time where Jesus had disciples who were following him, and everyone would say, those are the followers of Jesus. They believe him. 
And then Jesus said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood to be a disciple. And then 400 of them bailed on him. And Jesus said, they were never of us. Okay. He gave us that, that, and that happened to show that just because you say something or you follow something for a while doesn't mean that you're committed to it. It means that you could leave. You could bail on it later on. But you know what? Those who are committed in it are going to stay in it forever. They are not going to be able to be lost because they are saved. So I would say this person was never saved, that they that they had that they believed it maybe because they were younger and they were just with their parents and they were told to believe it and that they said, okay, yeah, I believe it. I'm going to go with it. And then they're like, you know what? This stuff is junk. I don't believe any of it anymore. Well, did they ever believe it in the first place? I don't think they had enough knowledge to whether believe it or not at that point, but they, then they made up their mind later on that they weren't going to believe it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. Well, that's, that's really sad actually. Well, you know what? Yeah. Everybody listening right now, I'm sure nobody's in that boat. But if you know somebody that might be in that boat, go have a talk with them. Okay. Evidently, in the end, God knows who believes in him. God knows who he has sealed in the body of Christ. You know, you know, I know Paul talks about those who believed in vain. Okay, they they you know, I had a friend of mine, I, I shared the gospel with him. He just said, Yeah, yeah, I believe, you know, just to get me off his back. You know, so my perception, I think, hey, he's saved, but yet he's going doing all this stuff. And he never talks about Jesus, but he's saved, right? Well, from my perception, it looked like he was saved, but he wasn't. You know, so that's a, it's, that's, that's a tough call. It's a very technical question. You know, thank God God has this whole thing figured out, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. And so um, all I can say is to that person, keep sharing with them and share them and give them the word and 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 tell them why you know it's true and give examples that that's all i can say about that it's just like try your very best to get them to to bring them back into the flock amen yeah that second that titus 213 was the blessed hope Uh, i don't know if it might have been in corinthians maybe it's timothy Timothy. Timothy. Okay, so if you can find that, but uh, let's go to this last question here. What about people who say we should never pray the same thing every day? Uh, The people. I don't know what they mean by the people. We should never pray the same thing every day. day. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know. Well, might have to elaborate on that, but what I kind of gathered from this was when Bob was... Robert was talking before Mr. Hagen and he was talking about, we should always constantly, you know, be in prayer. Um, so I think that's where he was going with it, but I, I believe he's re- referencing when Jesus was talking about when you, you know, in Matthew six, five, where he talks about when you pray, you shouldn't be become like the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Uh, that is not what is being spoken of. Paul says, you know, never cease praying, right? So, you know, uh, there's a total difference there in terms of being a hypocrite and and in prayer and one who is more of a self-righteous person, a Pharisee, so to speak, rather mm-hmm. than the one who's truly a believer, who's devoted to prayer and worship time with the Lord. Two completely different things. Yeah, especially Jesus said that um, there are those who they they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, you know, praying the same thing every day, you know, repetitive prayers or lips are just going, going and going and going, you know, 
let's be honest though, when you're praying for a breakthrough, like someone to get healed, you know, when you feel led of the spirit to pray, pray it. If, you, if it's every day, it's going to be every day. You know, just keep on praying until you receive the breakthrough. Okay. I know. I don't know about you guys. If if my son asks me for something and like, okay, you want that? Great. All right. All right. We'll see how this works out. And then he never says anything about it ever again. Never shows interest in it. I mean, I do it. I mean, I get whatever he wanted me to get from him. But if he's persistent every day, coming to me about it every single day and keeping it in front of me every single day, you know, maybe our heavenly father's the same way. So I've got, so I've got two things to say about that. Number one, you do, you, what you don't, I think there's a distinction between praying something incessantly that doesn't really mean anything or matter. And yeah. it's just like saying words over and over and over and over and over like again. A mantra. That's that's yeah, that's not going to get you anywhere. Okay. Mm-hmm. And saying like the same prayer six times, especially to a human who's dead. Hail Mary. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, you know, but, I mean, that, that, right. So say six of those and you're forgiven. Yeah. You know, that the Bible says, that is not what forgives you. That is not going to do it for you. But praying for something that 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 you that, that you have a desire for, that you believe is going to further the kingdom, that it's God's will, you can pray that, and then um, you know God listens. And uh, you know I'm telling you, He rewards people who who ask Him. So uh, I think that there's a different things there. I think that uh, one of them is is good, and I think the other one is not not good. Um, one other thing too, Greg, before we go, because Colleen asked, so why are believers instructed to pray to be found worthy to go with the Lord when he comes to take us out of here? So listen, if the Bible's not just written to believers. The Bible's written to people who believe and to people who become believers and to the non-believers who hopefully will become believers. Pray that you're worthy to escape all these things. Okay. On some people, the Bible says you do it with kindness and some people you do it with fear. People react to different things differently. Okay. Some people you say the love of God is so awesome. You're going to be blessed. You're going to have this. And they're like, oh, I love that. And then if you say you're going to be damned to hell, some people will go, oh, what a horrible God to do that. I would never believe in a God like that. And some people will say, I don't want that. How do I get to be with God? So you, you deal with different people differently. And that Bible verse is basically saying, pray that you're worthy to escape all these things because you don't want to go through the stuff that we talked about. Those things are awful. Pray that you're worthy to escape it. And how are you worthy to escape it? The Bible says that he is worthy. He is worthy. He is going to be the one who is going to take you out of here if you have faith in him. Amen. Amen. With that, I think we uh, we can close. And uh, Mr. Hagen, would you like to close us out in prayer? Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the night. We thank you for being able to get together like this, the freedom that we have to express our beliefs in the greatness of your word. And thank you for uh, all of my brothers here that are in with us tonight and all the folks in the chat room and And we just pray that there's many people that have been touched by the truth of your word tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 All right. Happy New Year. This is going to be our last uh, broadcast of the year, correct? Yes. Happy New Year, everybody. uh, We also want to thank uh, everyone 
who has contributed to Uptime. Uh, just, of course, this past year, uh, both uh, on the on the program, being here as an audience member, uh, contributing financially. Uh, we thank you, every single one of them. You you know who you are. Uh, we do appreciate you. We uh, we do thank you, and uh, Lord bless you, give you all right, give you strength. We'll see. Lord willing, we'll see you next week, next year. Yeah, oh. Next year. See you guys next year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy New Year. God Happy bless. New Year.